Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is 1 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday morning, I guess. Uh, I wanted to wait up late, uh, just waiting to see whether there would be any more news coming out from today's events. Uh, waiting to see if Michael Porter's extension would be made and turns out it has not been as of the recording of this podcast at one o'clock in the morning. I'll keep my feet up just in case, but wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. So I waited around for the the deadline to record this and uh and that deadline kind of came and went. So we're gonna see what happens there. But uh this podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Make sure to use promo code MHS if you are trying to sign up, it is a great app, lots of betting opportunities. You can even bet on Summer League on the NBA. Matt Moore of the Action Network just posted some of the lines on DraftKings. And on the, these games that are starting tomorrow, the Lakers and the Miami Heat are going to play. The Lakers are currently favored by four and a half points. Uh, I would take the Miami Heat just because the lines are always going to be geared towards the Lakers. So keep that in mind. But if you're interested, uh, make sure to download. Use promo code MHS when you sign up. It lets them know that you came from me. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, let us get into this episode as we're, we're going to have some things to talk about here. Uh, the Nuggets, they're running it back. We're going to talk about the players on Denver's roster uh, in Will Barton and Jermichael Green as they re-signed with Denver. Uh, and then we I'm kind of shoehorning Austin Rivers into the second segment, so I get to talk about Jeff Green in that second segment. And then I'm going to give my thoughts in the third segment on Michael Porter, the initial thoughts on the 15-man roster, and just kind of where the Nuggets go from here, what I would have done. But... Let us first get into the initial news at four o'clock today. I think it was Chris Haynes who reported that Will Barton was going to sign a two-year, $32 million contract. Uh, shout out to Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, who actually had this rumor and actually had the money and the years right uh, for Bleacher Report earlier in the day. Uh, that was pretty cool to see, but basically... I think this is a great deal for Barton, and it's a great deal for the Nuggets, and here's why. For Barton, he had a $14.7 million player option, so he opted out, got an extra million this year, and for the price of that, he got another guaranteed year. 
on top of it. And so he is going to be able to at least lock in that extra year. Denver probably didn't want to go any further than that. And that's okay because Will Barton is 30. You don't know what he's going to look like when he's 32, 33, 34. So for both parties, this is probably a good thing. My guess is that Will Barton, when he and his agent really started to understand what the free agent market was going to look like, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, they decided to trade for Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams. They have locked up their cap space. When Kyle Lowry decided that he wanted to go to the Miami Heat, uh, that kind of locked up that decision. And then it had sort of a pinball effect on a lot of the other free agents. The Knicks, they decided that they're going to go with Evan Fournier. And they went after him, got him, and brought back all of their own free agents from uh, Alec Burks, who's basically their Barton approximate over there, to Derek Rose and Nerlens Noel. They're basically running it back as well with the addition of Fournier. They're basically actually subbing out Fournier for Reggie, Reggie Bullock, which, okay. Uh, and then the Dallas Mavericks, who were another team that I thought might be interested in Barton, they realized, okay, we're not going to be in on the point guard market, so we're just going to bring back Tim Hardaway Jr., and they also added Reggie Bullock. So that was what those teams did, and as Barton and his agent were likely seeing this, they realized, okay, best thing that they could do is get back out on the market while Will Barton is still in good shape, and at the age 32 season, I think that he's probably going to be good in the 2023 offseason. That's two years from now. So he is locking in two years. He's locking in this year, which he had on a player option already. But then he's adding on that extra year. And I think it makes a lot of sense from him for a uh, just a playing time perspective and what the Nuggets are looking to do over the course of these next couple of years. They want to win a title. They're going to be deep into the playoffs in all likelihood over the course of these next couple of years while Nikola Jokic is still there. And while he's like he's probably going to be there afterwards, don't get me wrong, but Denver's going to be competing for as long as Jokic is around. And Denver needed, in the short term, somebody like Will Barton who could come in, who could take the place of what Jamal Murray was doing, take on that scoring burden. And he's not going to be the second option. He's going to be the third option. The second option will be Michael Porter Jr. There's no question about that. There's no question about the pecking order in my in my belief. But Barton can at least ease the transition. He eases things up for Monte Morris, who, if Monte was the best guard scorer, then he would be getting a lot of the best guard defenders when he was when he's being guarded. I think we saw it against the Phoenix Suns, where they had Mikhail Bridges on him a lot of the time. They'd put Jay Crowder on Michael Porter. And then they'd have Devin Booker guard Aaron Gordon. And Dev, uh, Aaron Gordon can't really take advantage of that. He's not quite that post-up big. But Monte Morris was... Like, the Mikhail Bridges assignment would usually be Jamal Murray. But now that it's Monte Morris, that would really shut down and hurt Denver's offense. And it did. And it really showed. It was Faku Campazzo, uh Monte Morris, Austin Rivers. Now... You force a guy like Mikhail Bridges onto Will Barton, and Monte Morris gets to deal with a worse defender. So there are ramifications that I think Nuggets fans don't fully appreciate right now. 
that Denver can now go into this season knowing that they have a really competent offensive team, even with Jamal Murray sitting, even with him out for a significant chunk of time. Barton really helps that. He really eases that transition. And he's also coming back and is going to be a great mentor to Bones Highland in all likelihood, who I I just keep looking at film, keep looking at clips, keep seeing how energetic and happy everybody is about having him around. He's going to be really good at some point, especially as a scorer. I'm not sure whether that's going to like fully manifest itself on the Nuggets, if that makes sense, because Denver, they, they need... They're going to need role players to surround Murray Porter Jokic. Don't get me wrong. But what if Bones Highland turns into something and and they want to continue to play him more and more and more? Maybe at that point, then Barton is not necessarily as necessary. But uh, for now, Will Barton made a lot of sense. He helps them on the offensive end, helps them a bit on the defensive end. I think this is a good move. It's not long term. So Nuggets fans... Shouldn't be disappointed about it. Should be happy. This kind of is, it meets in the middle of what the Nuggets and Barton really wanted. So that's good. Jermichael Green is the next piece. This is one that I'm kind of surprised about. But uh, I listened to Locked On Nuggets with Adam and Jake Coyne, Bronco Squatch friend of the program. Both friends, actually. And he really called it. He said that, hey, Jamichael Green's probably opting out so that he could get at least a partial raise on this year and then have flexibility next year again. And that's exactly what happened. The max Denver could have given Jamichael Green, I believe, was about $8.8 million, $8.9 million, something around there. And so they gave him $8.5, I believe, in this year, and then are also giving him $8.5 next year. Both of these contracts might be uh, backloaded. They might be front-loaded. Don't really know for sure, but if they're even, then Jermichael Green gets 8.5 in the first year, 8.5 in the second with a player option. And it just it's kind of a repeat of what they had. And it makes a lot of sense because I think that at the outset of free agency, Denver didn't really have a solid backup forward, solid backup center. You hope that it's Zeke Naji. You hope that it's Flacco Chanchar. Maybe Bull Bull shows something. But assuming those things and assuming that those things happen is the wrong call. You want to be able to set yourself up in the right way. And Green, I think, helps you do that. Green, I thought he might have priced himself out of what Denver would be willing to pay. I think that had he gone that much over $9 million, $10 million, then they might have been more interested in just bringing back JaVale McGee. And there was another signing that they had in the works that might have changed all of that calculus. But Jermichael Green comes back. Denver was happy with him. Nikola Jokic was happy with him. Why rock the boat when you felt like you were so close to the title? And I think that's the general theme of what we're seeing here with this Nuggets rotation. They didn't want to rock the boat. They didn't want to change too much because they generally believe, and I generally agree with them, that this could have been a title winner, a championship winner, had everybody stayed healthy, had Jamal Murray not torn his ACL. So if that's the case, how much do you really want to change? How much do you really want to completely shift and see if if you screw up something, if the mix isn't quite right this next year, 
because you kind of shifted things around, tried to get a little bit too playful, then I think it's very possible that you missed your boat. This coming year, when Murray comes back, I think you could make the argument that Denver's rotation from last year, basically Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic, and then Compazzo, Morris, Dozier, Green, uh, maybe throw in Najee, maybe throw in some other big. That would have been good enough. So Denver's kind of meeting the best of both worlds in that regard, where they have the big ticket winners that they just added, that they're bringing back with Barton and Green. They feel comfortable with those guys. They know what they're going to get, and they can help keep the continuity going. And so that will be key in helping keep the boat alive until Murray eventually comes back. There are other moves Denver made, though, and I think that they might give Denver at least a little bit of an edge, both in the regular season and the playoffs. In that they might there there might be some interesting things that they can do in the playoffs going forward because they added one player here that I'm about to talk about. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Austin Rivers and Jeff Green. Jeff Green, formerly of the Brooklyn Nets. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I thought these next two signings, I didn't really expect Denver to do anything uh, immediately, or if they had done something, that I kind of expected them to go the full boat and potentially bring in somebody for the full MLE. From what I understand, that wasn't ever really the plan. Denver always wanted to run it back. They didn't want to rock things too much. And they knew that one player was still out there who was on their roster last year that had played really well and done a lot. And Denver needed him back in order to feel fully confident about their guard rotation. And that's Austin Rivers, who I didn't expect Denver to be able to retain him. I thought that they would be using their resources elsewhere. Didn't really fully consider Austin Rivers to be part of things. And we actually don't know what the money value for his contract is. He is either getting part of the MLE, because Denver used the other part of it on this other player, Jeff Green, that I'll talk about here soon. But either he used part of the MLE, or he came back for the minimum. In which case, that is quite the statement. That Austin Rivers, who had played really well, helped win Denver a playoff game, could be coming back and be part of things. Even if he's not going to play, guaranteed. I think that looking at Denver's rotation now, and now that you have Barton back in the fold, you know what your starters are going to be. They're going to be Morris, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. I would be very surprised if it was anything other than that. Behind them, You've got Compazzo, who gave you good minutes last year. You have P.J. Dozier, who you didn't have in the playoffs, and you probably want to see what he still has. He's still 24, 
could potentially continue to grow. Rivers, he was kind of the variable here. And my guess is that Denver is thinking about this in a couple of ways. If they want to go small, if they want to go small consistently, play P.J. Dozier at the three. It's difficult to find threes right now. It's very difficult. Denver only has one true three on their roster. And it's Michael Porter, who's really a 3.5. Denver only has one guy, and so playing small might make the most sense. But right now, if you didn't have Austin Rivers on the roster, your fifth guard would be Bones Highland, who, while he might be good, and while he might immediately provide some impact, I think that Denver probably doesn't want to have to rely on that from the outset. They would rather have somebody reliable that they trust, that they know is going to make the right decisions, that they know isn't going to screw up defensive rotations, that Michael Malone can count on, especially if, let's say, Barton went down, or Dozier went down, or Morris went down. Injuries are going to happen throughout the year. You don't want to be caught in a situation where you need Bones Highland to play 20, 25 minutes a night. 30? That would be bad. That would be bad for everybody involved. It would be bad for Bones. He would learn real quick. But we've seen guys that are thrust into the situation a little bit too quickly that aren't ready for it, and that they never fully recover. Bones doesn't strike me as that guy. But if he got, like, dunked on, like, let's say let's say he had the Cameron Payne experience where he's clearly not quite ready for the pros and reports come out after the second practice of the season. They, people said it. People in the Chicago Bulls organization said he wasn't going to be an M- N- NBA player. They knew that from the second practice. Now, Cameron Payne is now a pretty solid NBA player, and he really, really helped out the Phoenix Suns this past year. But it took him a while. It took him a little bit to get back into that, and it wouldn't surprise me if like, that's a common path for some guards, where you're not ready until you are. So Austin Rivers, for one year, you stay below the luxury tax by the sound of it, feels like a good value to get him to prevent the Nuggets from having to rely on somebody that's just a rookie. Especially a 170-pound rookie. Like, he could develop, but he may not be ready. The other guy, Jeff Green. Jeff Green is a very interesting piece. A very interesting addition. And I'm kind of surprised that they did it. I thought that, given how they feel about Zeke Naji, given how they just brought in Jamichael Green, I didn't think that they would be interested in bringing in Jeff Green who I consider really more of a power forward or small ball center at this point, similar to Jamichael. Jeff Green's a little bit more of a wing than Jamichael is. A little bit more athletic, a little bit more lean, better shooter, better dribbler. Jamichael Green does a lot of the the traditional power forward things, which are rebound, uh, defend the interior, uh, do a lot of screening, pick and pop, things like that. Uh, But there's a lot of overlap there. And I'm kind of surprised because there's also a lot of overlap between Jamichael Green and Zeke Naji. So you could make the case that Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, 
and Zeke Naji are three different versions of the same player where they're basically power forwards, but one of them could play a little bit more of the three. That's Zeke. One of them could play a little bit more of the five. That's Jermichael Green. And then the others, Jeff Green, who kind of sits in the middle there and we'll see what, ha- what ultimately happens with, with his role. But it is very interesting that the Nuggets tried to go get somebody who was 6'8", which Jeff Green is, I believe. And let me just do my, my quick Google research here. Jeff Green. Oh, clicked on the wrong thing. This is great podcast content. Jeff Green is listed at 6'8", and I believe he's about 225 pounds, if I am not mistaken. Uh 235 is what he's listed at. And that doesn't surprise me because he's probably put on a couple extra pounds in order to deal with some of the the switching that he's had to do at power forward and center. So he is a player that is very reminiscent of the ideal size of a big small forward. Guys like Kawhi Leonard, guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, uh, Paul George, you name it, he's around that size. And so I wonder, maybe he's the Zeke Naji relief, just like Austin Rivers is the Bones Highland relief. Maybe Jeff Green is the guy who, if Zeke Naji isn't quite ready in Denver, maybe, maybe they want him to play more five, or maybe they want to just have a bunch of options. And they don't necessarily trust Vlaco Chanchar and Bol Bol, which I think is another thing here. Uh, adding Jeff Green, you've really buried Vlaco Chanchar and Bol Bol at this point. Not sure when they're ever going to get playing time now. But Jeff Green's just, first and foremost, he's really good. And at 6'8", shoots the ball really, really well. 41% from three right now. Uh, he is a career 34% three point shooter. And over the past. Let's go three seasons between his time. Actually, yeah, between his time in Washington, he spent the time he spent a year there, kind of as a hybrid starter. Then he spent some time in Utah and Houston last year, and then this past year uh, was with Brooklyn. Basically, eleven points per game, four rebounds per game, one point five assists, thirty six point seven percent from three. A little bit down from the 41%. So he shot really well next to his friend Kevin Durant, next to his friend James Harden in Brooklyn. Was set up really well based off of their spacing. He's going to get good spacing looks in Denver. Uh, Nikola Jokic is going to create a lot of opportunities, as will uh, Michael Porter, based off of his ability to cut and rebound and space the floor. Can Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green play next to each other next to Nikola Jokic? I don't know. That's a that's a big spacing question mark. Uh, can Denver put together lineups that feature Michael Porter, Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, Jamichael Green with the bench unit? Maybe the goal there is to just be as switchable and as defensive-minded there as possible while also playing five out on the offensive end. Because it seems that that's the way that Denver wants to go when Jokic is off the floor. 
They don't want to have a traditional center. That's what we've clearly seen. JaVale McGee didn't really get into the rotation. Paul Millsap is probably the slowest guy in the regular rotation last year, even slower than Jokic. And now he's gone as well by the looks of things. So Denver has really downsized a bit here, but not enough so that like it's it's an actual true wing in the six five six seven range that can really defend twos, threes, guys like that. This is more of another forward. This is another forward that can play big. So very curious to see Denver has added a lot of those kinds of guys. Jeff Green's versatile. He's smart. He's a veteran. He's played for 10 teams in his NBA career. This will be his 11th. He's basically a 14-year veteran. This will be his 15th year. He's been around the block, played with KD, played with uh, Boston Stars before, uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, played with LeBron James, played with James Harden, played with so many other guys. So he knows how to play next to Stars. And maybe that's something that's pretty alluring. Somebody who has a little bit of playoff experience, knows what the knows what it takes at the top. Uh, he has shown in playoff series to be a pretty solid weapon. Uh, over the past couple of years, between Cleveland, Houston, Brooklyn, in those three postseasons in the last four years, he's averaging 38% from three, nine points off the bench, uh, most of the time, three rebounds, 1.5 assists, a little bit more versatility. So we're gonna we're gonna see how they handle it. I don't really have great thoughts right now because I don't think Denver's done. I think that it's probably time to take a break. But when we come back, we're gonna talk about the last piece, the last couple pieces that I think are probably gonna happen, but may not happen, and we're gonna have a lot of questions if they don't. We will be right back. Pick X roll. All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, let us talk about Michael Porter, who, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, I thought he would be a guy that when when the extensions came around at 10 p.m. on Monday night, uh, that was supposed to be the opening of the extension window for the rookie extensions. We saw Trey Young get an extension. We saw Shea Gilgis Alexander get an extension. Both of those guys got the maximum amount allotted. Uh, other players that I think you would be considered there Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, and Michael Porter. And none of those guys got it. Luka, I think, is because he's playing with Sol- Slovenia right now. DeAndre Ayton. I'm a little bit confused as to why they haven't given him the money. Maybe he's looking for the full player option and no, no, like all the bells and whistles and things like that. And maybe that's something that the the Suns just aren't willing to do. But for Denver, Michael Porter, I think, has earned it. Even though he's only played two years, even though he's been he was injured for the first year, 
hasn't been perfect while he's out there. He isn't a bona fide all-star yet. But similar to Jamal Murray in my mind, I think that he's a guy that Denver has talked about taking care of their young players. Actually, Tim Connolly said it when asked about the Michael Porter extension. He said that we we take care of our guys, and we've been known to do that. So the fact that it hasn't come out yet, a little bit concerning, a little bit curious. Maybe not, maybe concerning is the wrong word, but if another full day goes by tomorrow and we haven't heard anything about it, then that's when I'll probably be very concerned. Because perhaps they just wanted to go to bed. Perhaps maybe Michael Porter's up. He's got a, a very early morning schedule. Wanted to get to bed before the uh, before the deadline came out. And maybe they just wanted to agree to it in the morning when everybody was fresh. I don't know. We're going to have to see. We're going to have to figure it out. Uh, according to the Nuggets social media team, when they filmed Bones Highland earlier today visiting the facility, Michael Porter was there. Michael Porter greeted Bones Highland. And presumably Michael Porter was there. Like, not just getting shots up, not just working out, but potentially talking about signing a five-year, $172 million extension with the organization. So, we will see whether they ultimately do that or not. If they don't, I think it says a lot about where the Nuggets believe they are with Michael Porter that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, Or maybe Michael Porter doesn't want to sign it. We're just going to have to play that by ear and see what we hear. Uh, But for now, let's go initial thoughts on the Nuggets 15-man roster uh, because it's now come to 15 players. Before the draft, they had 10. After the draft, they had 11. And they made four signings today. They brought back three of their own players and Will Barton, Jermichael Green, and Austin Rivers. And then they brought in a new piece in forward Jeff Green. So let's talk. I kind of do this and break this down in different ways. Uh, There are a lot of folks that, like some people do guards, wings, bigs. Some people do point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. I do it guards, wings, forwards, bigs, because I tend to think that those break down a little bit easier. So here are the guards. Jamal Murray is going to be out for a while. Monte Morris. Faku Kambazo, Austin Rivers, and Bones Highland. Five players out of the 15. So you're a little bit oversaturated, but given that one of those guys is already hurt, and the other two are in Morris and Kambazo are more facilitators, I'm glad that Denver has the other guys. I think that makes a lot of sense. On the wings, you've got Will Barton and P.J. Dozier. That's it. And people are going to think about that and question whether Denver should have gone harder after another wing. In the past, I have mentioned guys like Reggie Bullock, uh, but I'm not really going to compare Jeff Green to him because it's very possible that Reggie Bullock just wasn't going to come to Denver. We have to remember that the Nuggets are not that far away from people just not wanting to go there, not feeling like they deserved an audience. And for a guy like Reggie Bullock, who probably wants to start, just saw that Will Barton was going to get re-signed and knows how important Michael Porter 
Aaron Gordonard to the team. Is Reggie Bullock going to start? No. So he's probably coming off the bench. Maybe he's playing 20, 25 minutes. Maybe he didn't want to do that. Maybe he wanted to play 30 to 35. So maybe Dallas was the right choice there. Maybe he just wanted to play with Luka Doncic, who, I mean, hard to blame somebody for wanting to play with Luka. He's going to find him for incredible passes and create some open shots. But I think the two wings is too little. I think that Barton, Dozier, there are already smaller wings in general, uh, kind of on the slighter side, Barton especially. So it's really hard to find cheap, good wings, but I think Denver still has to work towards that goal. It may not be immediate. They may need to wait until summer league or uh, when other teams are more willing to deal when the, the free agency market has cooled off a bit, but I think that Denver still owes it to themselves to go after a wing player because I don't think that they have enough in terms of perimeter defense to fully survive the NBA playoff schedule. Given that they have their own weaknesses, like I like the Jeff Green addition. I like Jamichael Green in a vacuum. I think that he's a good option there, but I still worry a little bit about Denver's ability to guard guys like Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard. Even though that they may not be the most important pieces to Denver when they when they ultimately come around, like let's say it's Luka Doncic. Like if you're starting or if you're trying to play Monte Morris, can you play Monte Morris in that situation when he's on the floor against Luka? And they just consistently try to hunt for that mismatch. You can't deal with it with Jokic, but Denver's done a good job with that, with their forwards. Like, I don't think that Denver, like, I think that somebody like like Luka would hunt Michael Porter. I think that he would hunt Jokic. But, like, among the other forwards, is he hunting Aaron Gordon? No. Jeff Green? No. Jamichael Green? Probably not. Zeke Naji, Probably not. PJ Dozier? Probably not. Maybe it doesn't matter against certain players, but still think that Denver has mostly good options. I just want one more. And I don't think that like Vlaco Chanchar, Bolt Bowl, despite the fact that they could be good and could be helpful, now that we've seen what Denver has done, I think it's more important to, at the wing position, really put some pieces there. Because at the forward, you have Porter, Gordon, Green, Green, Chanchar and Bull. That's six names out of the 15 on the roster. That's 40% of your roster. And I think you could make an argument that Zeke Naji deserves to be there too. So, that's something that I would consider. I don't think that Denver's completely done, but if they are, then maybe they just have to find really good two-way guys, which they probably could. Tim Connolly's really good at that. And then the two bigs, Nikola Jokic, Zeke Naji. I think you could probably put Jamichael Green there, Jeff Green there, Bull Bull there. They're kind of in that true power forward uh, situation where it's hard to kind of figure out where to put them from a forward or a big perspective. But I think the Naji sort of profiles as the backup five in a lot of cases where maybe Jamichael Green is there on occasion. Maybe Jeff Green is there on occasion. But the Nuggets drafted Zeke Naji 
at six foot eleven to be the backup small for or to be the backup center behind Nikola Jokic last year. He ultimately did well with Isaiah Hartenstein, JaVale McGee, Paul Millsap, Jamichael Green. But now I think it's Zeke Naji's opportunity. And I'd be surprised if he wasn't in the rotation, at least in some way, shape, or form. Because, like, it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough to really keep him out. He's 20 years old, but he's already shown so much of what Michael Malone likes of him. I'm not sure what else Michael Malone would need to see in order for him to play. Maybe that's something that I'll ask. Maybe that's something that once once things come up, Charles Klask is the uh, summer league head coach. Maybe I'll ask him that uh, when summer league comes around, which is tomorrow. We're going to be talking about, or we're going to be talking to the coaching staff tomorrow. Uh, Charles Klask is going to be talking. I'm pretty sure that uh, Bones Highland will be talking and then a player to be named later. Uh, so that should be pretty interesting to hear. Uh, we, I, I'll talk more about the Summer League roster in tomorrow's episode. If there's any other news, especially regarding Michael Porter's extension, things like that, then I'll be sharing more info on that one. But overall, Denver's roster going into the season, like if, if this is what it is, I'd be a little bit concerned about the wings. But overall, I think they did pretty good. Bringing back Will Barton was important. Adding Austin Rivers was a good touch. Denver has some insurance now. And if Bones just dominates, then maybe they trade somebody like, like, I don't know, maybe they trade Compazzo or somebody like that once Monte Morris or once Jamal Murray comes around and you realize, okay, now we know that this other guy can be really helpful. Um, and a lot of these contracts could give Denver a little bit of flexibility in terms of finding the next deal to put them over the top, whether that is something or not. So we will see. But for now, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, despite the fact that a lot of things happened, I'm not sure there's a lot more to talk about. You bring back a lot of the same group. And we'll talk about how they continue to fit together, see what else is going on talk about summer league a little bit more in depth maybe talk about team usa at some point and slovenia should be a lot of fun thank you so much everybody for tuning in i will have another episode tomorrow For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.